Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to your business school on radio. It's Navigate with I.D. Such a pleasure and privilege to be here with you today to talk about the things that will help us get better, get more productive, and at the end of the day, we'll acquire some knowledge that will keep us on track. I'm grateful to God for the gift of life. And once again, I just want you to understand that without life and without this gift, there's nothing any one of us can do. So let's be thankful. Let's keep a heart of gratitude and continually thank him for the ability to do the things that we desire to do. Friends, we've been looking at uh, business finance and in the last episode, how the methods to increase revenue. I did talk about five methods to drive revenue and the essence of each one. We talked about the increase, the need to increase the number of customers you serve, the need to increase the average size of each transaction by selling more. I gave vivid examples. The need to increase the frequency of transactions per customer and the need to raise your prices. Finally, I talked about measures and acquisitions. And those five, as much as you can look around you, would be the bedrock of how to increase your business's revenue. So this is really uh, our business school on radio. As I look at a different aspect today, if you recall, if you've been a regular listener of this program, and I do urge you to try and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on this beautiful radio station at 3 p.m., you would always have an opportunity to interact with the business school on radio. It's very interactive to the extent that you can always ask questions. You can always send in your notes to contact at navigatewithid.com or better still, follow me on my various social media platforms. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Today, I'm going to look at a potpourri of different elements that make up everything that we've been talking about. If you're just joining us, it's been a journey of sorts. We've talked about the cash flow statement, the income statement. We've talked about the balance sheet. We've moved from there to look at the various elements that come through from a cost-benefit analysis. And rightly so, we did also look at, in the last episode, the methods that you require to raise or increase the revenue of your business. Now, within the composite part of what you call your PL, which is your profit and loss uh, statement, there are several items that sit in there. It would be nice for me just to take each of these headers. And like I said to you, I'm drawing my inspiration from a very nice publication by Josh Kaufman. And I'm using that as my reference point to be able to share my on-time experience at the same time to um, have some reference or referrals in case, you know, you also want to um, look at this. Look, I have um, 
I can't remember the name of the author. It's called Naked Finance. I would, um, maybe in the next episode, it's somewhere in my library, talk there. I'll pull it out and I'll, you know, pass that to your better still. I'll drop it on my Twitter handle. So um, you can actually, you know, pick up the book or look for it somewhere. It's something that would help you enhance the value of um, your business finance. Today, I'm going to look at the overhead. We'll look at costs, both fixed and variable. We'll look at break-even. And I hope that will be sufficient. As much as we can cover in that, it will help you understand it. Down into the future or down the road, we'll be looking at amortization. You hear all these words in business and you ask yourself, what are they? So many young entrepreneurs, business owners do not have a clue about this. They feel they have um, accountants or they have friends who are finance people. And um, they don't understand that running a business, overheads are a way of life. And so let me start from overheads. The larger your rent or mortgage payment, the more money you need to make each payment, the more money you need to make each month to pay your expense. That is the same general principle that applies to business. I'm just using it as a point of reference coming from a quote from Benjamin Franklin. As he said, beware of little expenses, a small leak will sink a great ship. And that's basically speaking to the things that we do, little leakages here and there. You might think that this is little expense, a little expense. That little expense becomes a mighty, mighty surge that will sink the ship called your business. What does the overhead mean? What does overhead represent. Overhead represents the minimum ongoing resources required for a business to continue operations. This includes all of the things you need to run your business every month, regardless of whether you sell anything. That is salaries, rent, utilities, equipment repairs, and so on. As a matter of fact, even looking at it from a personal standpoint, a lot of us run overheads, but we don't see it as overheads. So, for instance, if you are one that enjoys a cool atmosphere and then suddenly the price of diesel has clocked over 410 naira and then you want to keep it, it keeps adding incrementally. By the time diesel moves, you will not realize that it's a little expense, but it is something that you require to keep your sanity, to be able to sleep well at night. You don't even see the fact that that incremental part could actually be drawn up from somewhere that it was meant to be. It's the same dimension in business. So when you see a company or a business when you run your business, please do not take those things for granted. The overhead, that's why it's called the overhead. It represents the minimum ongoing resources required for a business to continue operation. Whether you are a 
offering services, whether you are manufacturing, whether you are producing, overheads are a key essential that will enable your business run. The lower your overhead, the less revenue the business requires to continue operation. And the more quickly you reach your point of financial sufficiency. If you don't spend much, you don't have to make much to cover your expenses. I can tell you, this is a fact today in running small, medium-scale businesses in Nigeria, even large. I mean, the bigger uh, corporations have a way, you know, of incidenting this within their, their scale of operations. But for small and medium-scale businesses, overheads probably one factor that is killing businesses today. And so you have people start off their businesses in locations that are crazy, they pay rents. So if you're in a place like Lagos, Nigeria, for example, and you have to lease a property to start your business. Now, if you have a kind-hearted landlord, he'll take a year's rent for you. But if you have a Shylock, he'll tell you too. And of course, aided and abated by very hungry, supposedly called, tell you 10% for agency fee and also for the agreement. And they'll keep asking for more and more. And one thing they throw in, they'll tell you is a caution fee. They'll throw in a certain figure that when you're leaving, you'll get it. I'm not sure many people are able to remember to collect this caution fee, but it goes straight into the pocket of somebody. Who? I don't know. But somewhere between the landlord and the agent, it suffers. It hard stroke. Very hard stroke because that same money is spent almost on arrival. So overhead is critically important if you are building your business on a fixed amount of capital. A lot of venture capitalists and other forms of investment can provide seed capital. So young businesses, I hear them talk about seed capital. Seed capital is what you use, you know, to start the business. Young people will tell you, oh, I need seed capital from so-so-and-so, from my dad, from family, from friends. Um, I have some form of savings that becomes my seed capital. or uh, better still, um, I have a VC, venture capitalist, who's bringing in a certain ton of bricks in and would demand for um, majority share, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All of that is predicated on your overhead. What you need to run the business and to keep it in operation. Many businesses are suffering today because the overhead is not managed. And in a place like Nigeria, especially if you're doing business out of Lagos, I tell you, your overheads can grow daily. And if you're not tracking, in no time, you find that your expenses are outweighing your revenue. And in no time, you'll find your business suffering a heart attack. And what happens when it suffers a very severe attack, it goes under. And when it goes under, 
you find such fold up. It's almost the same case if you're looking at a personal finance. You're spending more, expending so much money, but then the inflow does not match to a large extent the outflow. So there's more going out and less coming in. It's just a matter of time before you're crying wolf, wolf. And so it's important that the more money you raise in capital and the more slowly you spend it, the more time you have to make the business work. I thank God for the gift of grace that is given to everyone. That gift of grace allows some measure of sustainability so people can sit back and say, ah, I want to valley of a challenge, knowing fully well that I'll make it at the end. Nigerians are very positive. That's why they get into a venture. They want to see it through. But not everybody is strong enough to carry on the battle the way it is presented. And this battle can come in different ways. It can come by way of impute cost. It can come by way of um, the cost of operations. I'm giving you an example. For, for example, you are an importer. You bring in goods and then you sell thereafter. Now when it gets to the port and it spends more than eight weeks, you incur demorage. You have to pay. And in some cases, not just pay, you make payments. You know what I mean. If you know, you know. To be able to facilitate your goods coming out. Nonetheless, these goods will come out. And when they come out, you need to increase the price. And if your price is not within the ambit of competitiveness, most people are not going to patronize you. You'll be forced to drop your prices and you may end up making a loss. That's why it's important for importers not to have just a single line of business. You need to have a portfolio, a portfolio of products so you can portfolio manage what you are doing and at the same time be able to spread your costs. So at the end, you would have some meaningful profit which would allow you continually run the business. The faster you burn through your capital, the more money you need to raise and the more quickly you need to start bringing in revenue. If you burn through all of your startup capital and can't raise more, game over. And that's what's happening to a lot of people today. Their seed capital. So, for example, you finish and you say to your dad, oh, dad, I need 10 million to start this business. Brilliant idea. I'm having it. I'm running. I'm not having to take a store. I can run it on IG. I can do XYZ. My customers are going to come. I've started. You now introduce your business to the first uh, pot of customers, typically friends and family, and you get some level of patronage. You're excited that business is going well. First week, second week, moves into a month. By the sixth week, you now find some of that business, some aspects of it, some slowdown, and you wonder, no, it's going to be fine. Uh, you keep pumping money in there. You know, it's going to be fine. I, I need this. By the eighth week, the twelfth week, you're still pumping in money, but the returns are now coming. 
And that's what I mean. If you burn through all of your startup capital and you can't raise more, game over. That is why savvy entrepreneurs and investors watch the businesses burn rate very, very closely. So if you do not have someone watching over you to call you to order and you're just running the coast alone, the chances for you to move your game over very likely. And so if you have um, an entrepreneurial spirit, it's great, but you need to have a good watch over or what I call a watchman or someone that is going to oversee. You need that oversee, overseer. You need that overseer. That overseer could be boards of the board of trustees, could be the chairman of the board, could be someone or a board that would oversee and allow you operate. But then they are able to watch very closely what your burn rate is. The slower the burn, the more time you have to create a successful business. The lower your overhead, the more flexibility you'll have and the easier it will be to sustain your business operations indefinitely. And so it's, it's very important that um, every one of us, even in our personal lives, should go take some thought line around overheads and see how we manage it. You know, if you're not careful, you could get burnt out. Or if it's in business, your business just fizzles out and it's a matter of time. But you would have had the telltale signals. Inexperience will make you not look over or watch over. But if you have an experienced board or trustees who overlook, who support, who help you in overseeing the affairs, the chances are that you'll be able to see what your burn rate is and act accordingly. So what is the key message here? You must understand your business's burn rate and you must ensure that it is very, very slow. The slower the burn, the more time you have to create a successful business. What is this burn all about? It's the relativity of your capital or the money invested. The, work, the capital here could be your working capital, capital, because the more money you need to raise, the more quickly you need to start bringing in revenue if you are burning your capital faster because of overheads. I see people start businesses and they are employing staff like no man's business. Oh, I need this person. I need a driver. I need that. I need this. I need this. By the time you take on these guys the first month, second month, third month, and the revenue coming into the business cannot sustain the level of staffing, you need to start dropping and shedding weight. And that's when people begin to lose their jobs. And it's all because you didn't think through. And you call yourself a business owner. Sorry. You still need good, you need to go back to school. You need to go to the school of discipleship. You need to go to the school of followership. You need to go and work with someone and learn how business is done and how businesses are conducted. Friends, we've looked at the overhead. 
Now, let me go to a big item within the space of business finance. Very simplistic in nature. Why? Because this is a business school on radio, and I don't want to load you with too much, but to give you enough to help you understand the whys and the wherefore. So let us look at the word costs. C-O-S-T-S. They're either fixed or variable. So there's variable and there's fixed cost. I'm sure you've heard that. There is an old business adage that says that you have to spend money to make money. Have you heard that before? In our pigeon parlance in Nigeria, we say now money that they take fine money. There's actually some truth to that statement, but not all expenses are created equal. So you need to understand that whilst you need to spend money to make money, not all expenses are created equal. And so as we are looking at this whole concept of costs, I'm not going to deep dive into it. It will be on the peripheral because time is limited. The opportunity to share will be a lot more deepened when we start getting into practical sessions where you and I will meet face to face. And I believe that down the road, we'll set up a conference where we can all come together and look at the very basic parts of making a business successful. In the days to come, by the grace of God, we'll make that happen. But for now, enjoy this business school on radio. I hope it kind of gives you a chance to learn a few things. So, what are fixed costs? Fixed costs are incurred no matter how much value you create. Your overhead is a fixed cost. That's why I started from overhead. No matter what you do in any given month or period, you still have to pay your salaried employees under lease or rent on your office space. Or you might say, I don't have an office, I'm using my phone. Okay, you're using your phone because you have the platform called Instagram. And so you're selling off IG and you believe that isn't an office space. Someday you'll find out, oh, I don't need staff because I'm working from my father's house or I'm working from my house. You don't understand that the economics of your business is already faulty. You are not appropriating what you should have been taking out as rents simply because you're sitting, dancing in your own apartment or your father's apartment or your family house. You think it's free? When you decide to leave and move into an, a, a proper business or location, you then realize that your financials have actually been suboptimal, right? Because you were not appropriating the cost of rental and neither were you appropriating the cost associated with all the utilities because you're enjoying free money. It's almost as, you know, a lot of people that work for government go in there and they enjoy free money. The reality hits them when they come out. When I mean a lot of people speaking more to politicians, especially political appointees, you are appointed, you sit in for a, a fixed term, say four years, and you live like you are going to be there forever. The career civil servants are the ones that can be there forever, for years and decades on ending. 
But you, the political appointee, you get in there and you walk as if you own the building. Someday you realize that it was just a flux. That's the same thing that happens to someone who does not understand what his or our overhead is and being able to appropriate it in the financial statements that they churn out. So the fixed costs are incurred no matter how much value you create. As long as you have a business, you have staff. Variable costs are directly related to how much value you create. If you are in the business of, for example, producing items, let me take, for example, clothing. If you are in the, in the business of creating clothing, the more clothing you produce, the more fabric you will require. And so raw materials, usage-based utilities, and early workers are all variable costs. So I'm sure if you walk over to any person that is into the clothing business, they'll tell you a lot more. But friends, I think we'll just take a break now and we'll come back and we'll revisit a bit of the fixed and variable costs. And hopefully we'll begin to see what this means within the context of the overheads. And ultimately, I should believe that we'll step into the break-even dimension for you to learn and understand what it takes to put all of this in proper compartments. Um, we'll just take a break to pay some bills and we'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends. It's... Um, Navigate with ID, and it's your business school on radio. Perhaps you are just wondering, what exactly is this all about? Well, you need to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday to find out at 3 p.m. Um, what we do, basically trying to raise the bar of knowledge and getting people a lot more acquainted with business practices and what they need to do differently. We've been looking... Um, through some interesting concepts uh, today on this particular episode. During the first half, I did a bit of a debrief of our previous episode where I talked about the different methods of raising and increasing revenue from there into a major topic for today, which was about the overhead. And we said that the overhead represents the minimum ongoing resources required for a business to continue operation. And, you know, it includes all of the things you need to run your business every month, regardless of whether you sell anything, i.e. salaries, rents, utilities, etc., and even repairing, you know, your equipment. We then stepped into the costs arena. That was, that's the second topic we're treating before we took on the second half. And that speaks to fixed and variable costs. And we said, that fixed costs are incurred no matter how much value you create, that your overhead is a fixed cost. No matter what you do in any given month, you still have to pay your salaried employees and you need to pay the lease on your office space. Now, variable costs are directly related to how much value you create. 
And that is really dependent on several things, your business model, your type of business. So for example, I did say that if you are in the clothing business, say you're making clothes, um, and for example, you're probably making t-shirts or clothes or dresses or shirts, the more shirts or dresses you produce, the more fabric you will require. And so it then means that your raw materials, your usage-based utilities, and then, of course, your workers will become variable costs. And all of that will be tied in. The more you take on, the more you produce, the more workers you may require, except, of course, you are in a proper bench analysis that says, this is what I want to produce every hour. Maybe you want to produce 100 shirts every hour. So how many workers do you need to produce 100 shirts? That may be a period of peak demand or peak uh, when the demand is at its peak, when people require a lot more shirts at that time of the year. Now, some other time of the year, you may not require 100 shirts an hour. You may have to step down to about 50. What then happens? It then means you do not require the same level of workers to be on standby. That is why they cannot be permanent staff. They are paid hourly. They are contract staff. That's what we mean by contract. They are contracted to work on the hour. So if they work three hours, you expect them to output X number of shirts or pieces of clothing. And that's why it is a variable cost as against your fixed cost when you have a structure. So your structure, you have an accountant, you have a marketing manager, you have um, a business manager, you have a front office executive, et cetera, et cetera. All of those um, roles are being filled by not temporary employees, but by permanent employees. Those ones are going in as your fixed cost. But when it comes to your, your factory workers will be variable because of seasonality. You're not producing sheds every day. You're producing sheds as regards what you find, demand and supply. So there's a seasonality factor. As you get close to Christmas, for example, very many people will want to buy shirts. So what do you do? Or pieces of clothing, you need to step up your production facility. But the minute you get into a certain part or a certain time of the year, you need to step down that facility. So in essence, when you have reductions or reductions in fixed costs, they accumulate. But reductions in variable costs are amplified by volume. That's why I use the analogy of producing shirts or pieces of clothing. So let me give you an example. If you can save 100 Naira per month, let me take it to 1,000 Naira. You're a small business, a small or micro or medium business owner. So you can take my 1,000 here, take out the last three digits. That could be 1 million, depending on where you sit. It could be 10,000. It could be 1,000. So 
you apply the zeros as they apply to your status and where you are. So let me just sit in for a simple arithmetic and simple understanding. I use 1,000 as my figurative sample. If you can save 1,000 Naira per month on your phone bill, that savings accumulates to what? 12,000 Naira per year, meaning 1,000 times 12, 12,000 Naira. Now, if it is 10,000 Naira you are able to save on your phone bills, comes to 120,000. And if it is 100,000 you are able to save because you are no longer traveling abroad and then having to pay roaming charges, but now decide to use more of the WhatsApp to make your calls, you will see that drop significantly, you know, in your phone bill. Now, that savings itself is coming from what? The fixed costs. So you have been able to save that amount of money on each particular shirt that you are producing. So if you are saving, let me say, 50 naira a month, let me bring it down a lot more so it can be understood. Assuming you are saving 50 naira per month on a particular item, will accumulate to 600 naira a year. Now, if you can save 50 kobo on each shirt you produce, you will then save 500 naira on every 1,000 t-shirts or shirts you make. That in itself tells you the ripple effect of how the variable cost, which is about volume, and the fixed cost, which is about a static motion, but doing something very drastic. The better you understand your costs, the more likely you are to find ways of producing as much value as possible without spending everything you make. And that's where the word efficiency comes in. That's where the word efficiency comes as a direct translation from the computation of your input and output. It is input and output at the expense of a percentage. Maybe I'll try to run this again so you would see the direct relationship between a fixed cost and a variable cost. So, for example, if for some good reason you are able to get a new supplier who gives you fabric at a lesser cost than your previous supplier, many times people tend to swallow that extra. And when they swallow it, it comes to hurt them. But if you save that money, it then automatically, that amount of money. So for example, maybe you're saving about 5,000 Naira, you know, from this new supplier. That 5,000 will amount to, say, 50 Naira saved on every shirt you are producing. So it then tells you that when you produce a hundred shirts, you're automatically saving 5,000. And then you can take the ripple effects when you now start producing a thousand, 2,000 shirts, then you see how your variable costs are going low 
at the same time, helping you to balance out your income and revenue. So your cost of goods begins to you know, drop, whilst at the same time, you are really making best use of the resources from a human resource standpoint. So if you don't understand the management of your, or cost management, you know, you'll be in trouble because there are some things that are fixed and there are some that are variable. For example, in my business, I run a very, very efficient line of operation. My permanent staff are not many, but I can have contracts and contractual engagements when I need them. And that way, I don't carry unnecessary overhead because the line of business I am in within the context of the knowledge industry is not something that people appreciate and are ready to pay for. So it's almost on demand. So if it is an on-demand type of business, you cannot afford to keep staff in perpetuity. You run yourself down. But when the need arises, you know you can always access a pool of resources and then you are managing your fixed versus variable costs. What do I use again as an example? Maybe you are running a courier business. I know a lot of people now, you find so many bikes on the way because Okada was banned and all whatnot in Lagos, very many firms, including the Gokadas, now went into logistics. You'll see them everywhere. All the Okada riders became dispatch riders and couriers. Trust me, when you have one of them to make a delivery, you'll then know that the hood doesn't make the monk, that these guys were just transfigured from one to the other but they're just wearing clothes and look like dispatch riders. But the content and the way they speak the, does not speak dispatch at all. It's just expat. They just want to move. And they'll tell you, I'm here. Where are you? You are not coming. They're not ready to speak more than two seconds. Why? Because they are conscious of their credit. I don't know if their companies give them a line of credit but they only call you for five seconds and they cut it off. Even some Uber drivers, and that's why Bolt decided to have their own app to fix it. All of those are experiences that are coming just to be able to manage the variable costs because the necessary output will become very infinitesimal if they allow the costs go out of work. Think about how costs can go just from telephone. And if you have an unfortunate situation where the customer keeps the dispatch on and the dispatch called, that dispatch rider will finish his credit and will not be able to make other calls. He'll be stranded. And so that's why they cut off the calls and you have to call them. You can spend all the time with your own money and your credit. The guy doesn't matter. He doesn't mind. But when you need him to call you and keep calling you, trust me, you'll find your goods on the expressway. And when you complain to the company, they will tell you, we'll investigate. And just like we have in our government, they'll set up a committee, but you may not see the light of day. That's why certain businesses are not doing well. I imagine what would have happened in the last 24 hours. Very many disappointed customers, very many dissatisfied customers, and very few happy customers. 
all because logistics and understanding of the fixed and variable costs by the supposed business owners were not taken into consideration. They don't understand the principle of the overheads. Permit me with the rest of minutes that we have left to go into a subject that is very, very interesting, but highly simplified. I'll try to simplify it to help you because that's who we are. It's a business school on radio and yours truly, I'm here to share with you and also to learn from you as the case may be. Let us talk about break-even. So let us assume your business is bringing in 100,000 Naira per month and you are spending 50,000 Naira each month in operating expenses. Are you making money? That question could necessarily be seen as a trick question, but the answer is it depends. Where you create a new business, it typically takes a while before you are able to bring in more than you spent. You know, you need to create systems. You need to employ, you know, people. You need to train them. You need to put some efforts around, you know, advertising and marketing your business. And your marketing efforts that you launched before revenue starts coming in. So you need to invest ahead of demand. That's what I say to people. If you don't invest ahead of demand at any phase of your business, then your business is not bound to grow. How else do you want to get customers? How else do you want people to be aware of what you do? During your ramp-up period, those expenses will add up. So let us assume our hypothetical business took a year's worth of 50,000 Naira per month expenses to launch. That would become 600,000 Naira, right? Now, when you look at it critically, now that the business is bringing in 50,000 per month, more than it needs to cover operating expenses, it can start to recoup that initial investment. Remember when I started that I assume your business is bringing in 100,000 Naira per month and you are spending 50,000 each month in operating expenses. Are you making money? So we've gone through this and we've said to ourselves that now that the business is bringing in 50,000 per month, more than it needs. Remember, the hypothetical dimension we have is 50,000 per month expenses. And now we are making 100,000. So it means we are bringing in an additional 50. Then it means that we can start to recoup our initial investment in the business. Break even is the point where your total revenue to date is equal to its total expenses to date. So assuming you started a business in June, let's say June 2021, for example, and you are currently in February 2022. So break-even is not the point where you actually, you know, kicked in at that same day. Is the point where your business's total revenue to date, that is from June to February, is equal to its total expenses to date. It is the point where your business starts creating wealth 
instead of consuming it. So if your business is not creating wealth early enough and you started business in June and you're not creating wealth but consuming it, there is no way in heaven's creation you can see that as break-even. So if you started in August, that's the point at which you would consider that your total revenue was matching total expense. So it's a point where your business starts creating wealth instead of consuming it. Assuming the business keeps bringing in 100,000 Naira each month and expenses stay the same, it will take 12 months to pay down the initial investment. Remember, it was 50,000, 50,000 in several places in one year, 600,000. And now you're having an additional 50,000 that is coming in on top of what you were expending. It would take 12 months to pay down that initial investment, which also includes what we talked about, the pre-business takeover or the pre-launch or the time before the business actually kicked off. Because many people do not see the expense before they officially launch their business as part of the business expense. They start counting from the day they probably went public. No, on that day does not mean that's the day you started business. You started business the day you started putting money away to pay for certain aspects. Now, assuming the business keeps bringing in 100000 each month, and expenses stay the same. It will take 12 months to pay down the initial investment. After that, the business will really be making money. Before that, it just looks like the business is profitable. Your break-even point will change constantly. Revenue naturally fluctuates as do expenses. Keeping a running tally of how much you spend and how much revenue you collect from the start of your business's operations is the only way to figure out whether or not you have actually made money. You know the easiest way to look at this? If you meet any of the uneducated women that sell in the open, open market, they have so much understanding of break-even that it has become second nature. If they decide to go into a new line of business, or maybe they are taking on an additional product line to the existing one, one of the things they don't do is to lump everything together. So if you find that she's a distributor of, say, Cadbury, um, and all of a sudden she starts with Friesland, she wants to start stocking milk. When you go to such a businesswoman in the open market, she would have had a running system for the Cadbury and Nestle businesses. But the minute Friesland is a new business coming in, it's a separate track entirely. And she will have to monitor what that is doing before she makes it composite and saying she's talking all three brands of the three companies. The break-even point changes almost constantly because revenue will fluctuate. 
Now, for someone who is selling in that kind of space in the open market, she's a distributor or wholesaler of two companies. She adds a third company and their product line. Clearly, it is the profit from this existing business that she will put into starting up the third business. But it is not free. Remember, we talked about costs. We talked about overheads. Now, she may have the same infrastructure, that is the same store, same location, but trust me, she may not have the same type of staff or she may use the current staff. Why? Because that business has not kicked off to start making its own money. And so at that stage, will fluctuate. So if you have an existing business line and you're bringing in a new one, yes, it is possible that you are taking out some of the profits here to start the other business. It is not an income to the other business. It is actually a loan. And for you to test the viability and veracity of that business, you must ensure that it is a standalone. Every single product or brand must be treated as a business of its own. Then you can have a group or composite account where you see everything flowing. If you take everything together, you will just realize that you are actually not making any profits or your eyes are not on the ball. So you must keep running a tally of how much you spend and how much revenue you collect from the start of your business's operations. And that's the only way to figure out whether or not you've actually made money. Finally, the more revenue you bring in and the less you spend on an ongoing basis, the more quickly you will reach break-even. Making your business truly self-sustaining. Anything short of that is just about to announce a game over. God forbid that your business will go under. But these are little concepts and tips that we must take cognizance of, friends. Well, friends, I'm glad that we are able to cover this part. On Thursday, by the grace of God, we'll look at other interesting subjects like amortization, cash flow cycle, opportunity costs. These are simple business terms that I hope you will swallow deeply and then utilize better and make your businesses more profitable. Thank you for signing in. Thank you for listening in. This is of your business school on radio and yours truly, IDNANG, signing out. Thank you so much for today. If you want to reach me, my is at IDYENANG. If you have questions, you can also send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. Thank you and God bless. Goodbye. <clears throat> and that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.